K-A-L-W. Welcome to Uncuff Season 3. Coming to you from the San Quentin side of the studio. We got a special show today. We got some new faces, a nice hairstyle, some amazing smiles, but we need some names to go with it. So, to my right, introduce yourself. <laughs> hey, my name is uh, Ryan Pagan. I'm uh, I'm the newest producer here at uh, Uncuffed. Hey, everybody, what's up? I'm Tim Hicks, and uh, I am another new producer at Uncuffed. Old, but new. What up, y'all? This is Steve Brooks, the voice of your choice here at Uncuffed. The voice of your choice. Are you the voice? Who gave you that title? The voice First of who chose? Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be choosing names for yourself. Well, we're going to be doing that all season. Oh, so God. Get ready. You haven't earned that yet. <laughs> all right, man. So, fellas, so welcome to Uncuff, man. Thank you guys for joining the show. So, fellas, so the question is, what is something new that you see trending in the prison? Ron, I'm going to throw it to you first. I, I would have to say the tablets coming in. I think it's a game changer. So we recently received the state-issued tablets, right? They're basically big old cell phones, right? Legal cell phones where we can now make outside calls to our loved ones. Okay. I think, you know, it's definitely made life a lot easier in some ways. You don't have to wait in line to sign up for the phone or even try to get on the phone. But in some ways it has made it harder because uh, now, you know, you know, if you have a significant other out there, it's definitely a problem because now she expects you to call her all the time. And for those of us that are trying to go home, we can't be doing that all the time. No. Nah. What about you, Tim? Ooh, that's a good one right there, man. I would I would have to uh, say like that dog program now. They bring dogs inside of the prison and they allow the incarcerated to actually train and groom these dogs for about a year or two so they could be service dogs. Steve? Oh, man, I, I have to say microwave popcorn. I mean, they selling microwave popcorn in the canteen now for the first time, and we got microwaves to cook it in, so everybody's walking around with these greasy bags of microwave popcorn. <laughs> yeah. You should look at uh, Steve's shirt right now. It's full of oh, that's what, so this shirt? That's what that is. Popcorn. Yeah, that's all popcorn saying. Sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I think, I think a trend that I've seen is... People coming in wearing extremely, extremely tight clothing. Like <laughs> they're like they're altering their skinny clothes. Jean era. Skinny jeans, skinny shirts, skinny socks, skinny beanies. Everything <laughs> is skinny. Thing. skinny. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Like, like how do you make like how do you get a small <laughs> pair of glasses? They got skinny glasses. Yeah. Like everything is skinny. I'm yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah. what's like what's going on? I see that this really upsets you. <laughs> Because because I'm an old school cat. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not with the baggy baggy clothing, but I like my clothes to fit. You know. And as the the youngest guy here amongst, don't put our age out there, buddy. You old guys, right? I happen to miss that generation of skinny clothes wearing, but I kind of understand like the trend. But I think it's cool for people to express their individuality in prison, because I think that. You know, a lot of people for so many years look the same mm -hmm. with tattoos everywhere on their face, with the baggy clothes, with the creased pants, with with the press shirts. And I think it's something that society kind of expects from us. Absolutely. And I think when I see, you know, these younger guys coming in and they're wearing the clothes that they're wearing, they're expressing themselves. Kudos to them. That's a great point. That's a great point. Ron, you know what, man? That point you just made about 
people looking different is valid because you don't look like anybody I've ever seen in prison. That that hairstyle is classic. (laughs) For all of our listeners of Uncuffed, be sure to go to our website and look at Ryan Pagan and see that hairstyle. I mean, I think if I had to describe Ryan for everybody, I would say he looks like a modern day John Travolta. You know, back when he did staying alive, when he did the yeah, Greece staying alive, whatever he played in whatever he played in, that's one of my favorite movies. And I was like, I wanted to watch the movie again when I met him. I was like, Saturday Night (laughs) Fever. Hey, (laughs) all right, fellas. So, man, if we we gonna get off of you, Ron, I don't want you over there blushing no more, man. We want to want that hair to get too big, man. The hair, I need a little bit more hair grease. (laughs) So let's jump into the topic of the conversation. So. We're here to talk about pickleball. 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 Yeah. The latest and the greatest craze that's sweeping the world right now. And it even found its way to San Quentin. Yes, it did. May 5th. May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. And it was real festive, you know, but that day, you know, it was live. You know, I was out there with y'all, you know, that was a day that I think that transformed and changed the look of San Quentin that day. I don't think I've seen a, a bigger crowd since then like Pickleball. Pickleball brought everybody out. So Ryan and Steve, you guys actually produced this story. So let's jump in here and see what you guys got to say. All right. On May 5th, I walk down to the yard and I see a group of people gathering. I'm seeing them put up nets, they're taping off the court, and I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? Yeah, Ron, I mean, you had a lot of incarcerated people that were kind of standing around like, what the hell is going on today? You know, it was a day unlike any other day that we had seen at San Quentin. Everyone gathered there that day was there for pickleball. What's pickleball? Have no idea. Steve? <laughs> I, man, I couldn't tell you what pickleball is uh, at that time either. I thought it had something to do with pickles, something to do with balls, but I'm from the ghetto, so I really didn't know. But it was a weird, crazy new game. We was all learning together. So to understand the importance of pickleball coming to San Quentin, we have to go back. Yeah, we got to go back to a few months ago when Governor Gavin Newsom came here to San Quentin State Prison and made this historic announcement here in the warehouse. And so in that spirit, of reconciliation, recognition. We're here to do more and be better. Not just asking you to do more, those that are incarcerated can be better, but all of us do more and be better. So what Governor Newsom is saying is that the California prison system as we know it right now is currently broken, and we need to get to a system that gets people home and keeps them home with their families. So what Newsom proposes in a nutshell is better programming, better buildings, and better relationships between custody and those incarcerated. And so that last point you mentioned about building better relations between incarcerated people and staff, that is what brings us together for this event called Pickleball. Server number two, who serves where he's standing. So you give the ball to your partner, and what's he gonna say? That's exactly right. So that's Roger Belair, pickleball enthusiast who's introduced the game of pickleball to San Quentin. So pickleball is like table tennis on steroids. It's a smaller area, 
taped off of the court and it's it's you have a racket and you have a ball that's really light like a wiffle ball and you kind of play back and forth like tennis except that it's not a racket it's a paddle damn it so steve for someone who complains about their knees all the time, <laughs> I was actually surprised to see you out there playing pickleball. Oh, hell no. I'm tripping out, right? I see you out there with Dr. Pachinski, and usually, you know, with staff, we keep it cordial, we say hi and bye, but I've never seen anyone give a high five, uh, you know, being so close. Like, what did that feel like? It felt weird. I was just like taken aback. I was constantly looking at the people on the sidelines, the officers and the other incarcerated people while I was also trying to play the game because I felt a little self-conscious about this, this human interaction that we were engaging in. But I have to say it was quite fun. Uh, we did bump rackets a couple of times. We did high-five each other. There was a lot of smiles and laughs. And uh, at the end of the day, I was glad that I actually got out there, even though it was a weird experience. So that kind of goes into what Gavin Newsom was proposing, was to create an environment where custody and staff can interact with the incarcerated. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Now when I see Dr. Pachinski, we engage and interact with each other a lot more. We're a lot friendlier to each other. Uh, she smiles at me, hey Steve, you know, and it's, 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 it's way different from before. Well, that's maybe because you guys won, too. Because Absolutely. I think if you lost, I don't think she would be talking to you. Well, bad knees or not, I still got game. Okay. <laughs> the craziest thing that day was the warden, Oak Smith, making an appearance on the court. I never thought that I would see Oak Smith out there playing pickleball with the incarcerated. Uh, yeah, I have to agree. But when I seen him in those shorts, those blue shorts and that uh, red, white, and blue headband and, and T-shirt, I knew he had came to play. He also had this toothpick in his mouth. He gave him this real serious Clint Eastwood look. And so once he really took to the court, he was serious about his game, and he ended up flying into the net. Oh, I knew Oak was going to fall. That was Miss Oates, medical staff here at San Quentin, who happened to be right in the middle of the action while being interviewed. Yeah, I have to say it was a little crazy. I thought the alarm was going to go off. I uh, kind of backed away a little bit, make sure I wasn't nowhere near his fall. Yeah, because he had blood on, on, on his hands, on his knees. Like, I was terrified. As soon as he got up, I was thinking, man, I better get out of his way. Yeah, I was just surprised and took it so serious, the game. All right, this is Ron. This is Oak. We went uh, three for three today on the court. Had a lot of fun, some minor injuries. So that was Ron Broomfield, another warden here at San Quentin, who was out there playing with Warden Oak Smith. When Oak Smith was out there, and he had his headband on, and he had his blue shorts, right, and he was playing pickleball alongside with incarcerated people, he was basically setting the tone for the rest of custody. And so I think when custody seen that, they were able to open up and engage in the game that day. Oh uh, yeah, Ron, I think to your last point, uh, I think that's really what set the tone for other custody personnel to come over and play as well. They actually had correctional officers out there that day in full uniform who took to the court. 
and one of them was Officer Fink Bonner. Been here for roughly nine years. It was pretty cool to be able to see, you know, everyone out there on the yard enjoying it. It was a beautiful day for it and uh, being able to have custody staff and, you know, non-custody there and, uh, you know, learning the game and being able to enjoy it together. So when I seen the the warden lay out with the toothpick still in his mouth, lay out for the ball, I was like, oh, man, this dude is serious about his pickleball game. And like ever since then, you know, it kind of just like eased the nerves. And, uh, you know, of course, like I said, the last thing in the back of my mind was, dude, if I if I lose to one of these inmates, I got to hear it for the next 20 years until I can retire. So. There's uh, a no greater way to uh, bring two parties together than, you know, competitiveness. And of course, you know, sports on top of it all is, uh, you know, the big equalizer. Fink is absolutely right. Sports is the great equalizer and he seems to be on board. But at the end of the day, I'm still incarcerated and he's still a correctional officer. And how many of his colleagues are in line with playing with us, playing sports every day? So Ryan, after this pickleball game here is saying, Quentin, do you feel comfortable enough to walk up to an officer and say, hey, let's play a game? Yeah, I mean, I would have no problem asking. For me, I only saw a few officers that participated. So I don't really know the mindset of the rest of those that didn't show up to that event and how they feel about incarcerated playing alongside of them with, you know, their colleagues. Well, I think if I was to put myself in an officer's position, it'd be the same as the position I'm in now. When I look around at other incarcerated people, they kind of look at me weird, like, what are you doing? And for them, it's the same. So I think it's just kind of being able to push back against that peer pressure from within your own is going to be the biggest hurdle that we all got to overcome. But I, I feel like, you know, us incarcerated men are willing to break those barriers. I don't mean to speak for every incarcerated person, right? But I, I have an understanding of like the thoughts on why it's not acceptable to talk to custody. You don't want to be looked at as a rat or as a brown noser or whatever. Yeah, but I think the thing that keeps me motivated and hopeful is this idea that when I go back to society, I can't choose who my next door neighbor is. It may be an officer. It may be somebody who in prison and maybe I had a political difference with, but now I'm a member of society and I got to be able to be a good neighbor to whoever my neighbors are. All right, so we just got through hearing pickleball. Steve, I love the story, bro, especially the part when you ended talking about being somebody's neighbor. That's huge, bro. I think that's one thing that we all strive to do to get out of prison, and hopefully we can be somebody's neighbor regardless who it is. I think that is the plan. The goal is to, to be a better person, to be a better neighbor to people in the community. I think that was the whole concept around introducing this game inside of a prison. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Ron, you guys sat down and produced this story. Why pickleball? Just to kind of piggyback on what Steve was saying about, you know, being someone's neighbor, right? We are constantly interacting with custody mm -hmm. right, and staff, right? And there's been this divide between these two groups for so long. Mm -hmm. And with this shift now coming to California prisons, pickleball coming to San Quentin offered an opportunity to bridge those divides, where you can see custody and the incarcerated playing against each other or even playing on the same side against another pair of incarcerated yeah. and custody. 
Yeah. Just seeing that gave me a little bit of hope of if we can change the way that custody views us, we can definitely change the way society views those that are incarcerated and be willing to accept us as their neighbors. True facts, true facts. Tim, you're the sports editor, the writer extraordinaire, all things sports. Pickleball comes to San Quentin for the first time. That was extraordinary. I think Ryan uh, nailed it, you know, um, because that, that uh, when Pickleball did come that day, you know, to be out there and to actually see the warden and, and staff participating alongside the incarcerated man, that was mind-blowing, man. Yeah. I just was just thankful that uh, that they allowed that to happen that day. You know, that that was huge, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I played too, though. I think I got to play against uh, Ryan, Ryan Bloomfield. You know, yeah, they, the they, ward? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they kicked our butt too, man. I ain't gonna lie, they hey. kicked my butt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, I did hear that in the story that these two old white men was whooping everybody ass on the pickleball court today. Yeah, that, that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> How did y'all let that happen? <laughs> hey, you know, I, it wasn't even a let. I've never seen anything like this. And Steve, I know you've got been down a long time, oh, so God. I, I know. <laughs> So you talked about you talked about how 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 you say you know you said it was it felt weird yeah you know you didn't know you didn't know how other people were going to perceive you nah. you know we've been indoctrinated with this us against them mentality yeah but how were you able to overcome that mindset? Well, first of all, I told y'all I got drug out on the court, so that was the first way I was able to overcome it. I got drug out there. And then I was just like, you know what, I'm the editor-in-chief of San Quentin News. I got to make this look good. Let me play this game, you know, and represent the population, you know. And so it just kind of just kicked, kicked in that, okay, we all doing this for a reason. You know, mm -hmm. we doing this for a reason to be able to break that, 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 that mind state of having this wall up between mm -hmm. them and us. And so if I got to be the one to be the most uncomfortable at this time and do it, then that's just the way it's going to be. So I just broke it out, uh, grabbed the racket, the racket and just, the and, and wait, the, wait a minute, excuse me. The Excuse me, let's go back. The paddle. The paddle. The paddle. I don't know why I can't say the racket, the paddle, and just, just went for it. Yeah, you know what I, you know what I noticed? that there was a lot of apprehension amongst all the other incarcerated people on the yard. Like everybody's looking like nobody wants to be the first one to like cross that boundary. Like everybody was like, oh, I'm going I'm to wait to see if somebody else does it, right? And then once... It's kind of like a high school dance. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, like, like, like as soon as the girl pulls, as soon as the girl pulls you, the first dude off the wall, then now everybody else wants to dance. You know? Yeah. So that's yeah, that's crazy. So pickleball may have been the reason that everybody was here, but. It's much bigger than that, Ryan. Yeah. Like, it started to turn out to be something tremendous, you know. And just like in the piece we heard Gavin Newsom basically talk about this new model of San Quentin. You know, even at the, a few months ago, he had a, a press conference and called it San Quentin Rehabilitation Center. Yeah. And so pickleball seems to be one of the first real true efforts that, that I've seen, Ryan, in this becoming a rehabilitation center. Yeah, you're right. But that was really just one day of playing. I, I really haven't seen anyone play since then. Mm -hmm. So is it really a change? Is it really a shift? You know, I, I would like to see more of us continue to play. Maybe we, you know, custody and, and incarcerated should play they should make it mandatory to play like once a week or something, right? Uh, uh, because when 
you know, that day passed and everything kind of calmed down, it almost went back to how it used to be before mm-hmm. pickleball. Well, I think the temperament is a little bit different now because, I mean, there are uh, volunteers that have come into prison and played with incarcerated yeah. people. We do have a pickleball court over there now that they kind of just let people start migrating to. And I think that as time goes on, more and more people start going over there. I think it's still that initial hesitancy. I hope so because, you know, I've seen just a few COs that got involved, right? And so, like, what are the other ones thinking, mm. right? Yeah. Like, do are they buying into this whole idea of, you know, rehabilitation, right? Mm-hmm. Is this just a sham? There is a lot of skepticism. Mm. whether or not the idea of rehabilitation is something that can happen. Mm-hmm. I see what you hand up, Tim. Well, yeah. I, just, <laughs> I was trying to add to that, though, because uh, right now was in the making. Now, Pickleball have inspired like other COs to want to participate in other sports programs right now. Right now, they're formulating a team to play basketball against some of the incarcerated dudes right now. I was talking to one earlier today that said he'll, he'll gather a team to play some flag football against some of the guys that's incarcerated. So pickleball have kind of started something. You know, it really have. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. So I could see, I could see it coming, Ryan. I could see it, man. Just, yeah, and I, I, I hope, right? But like, you know, uh, words are wins. So like, I, until I see someone out there, mm-hmm. you know, correctional staff playing basketball or playing flag football, then you call me a believer. But like, I've been incarcerated 17 years and I, I'm a little... How do you say cynical? I guess so. No, I'm just reserved cynical. on making any, you know, um, assumption that pickleball is like the all-time icebreaker. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's going to take. Definitely going to take more than a pickleball game to bring the California prison system to a place where people are treated humanely. Like we we're talking about decades and decades of decades of people being degraded inside of these prisons. And so that's not just going to change overnight. So, so I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic at the same time. Cause I know there are a lot of incarcerated people that won't cross that line. They still, they're still stuck in that, in that, in that mindset of, I'm not going to, interact with a correctional officer and there are custody staff as well. <laughs> so you're going to have that, Tim. I see yeah. you over there shaking your head. I know you yeah. know what you got to yeah, add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're absolutely right, though. It's going to take a minute, of course. Like mm-hmm. you said, Greg, there are uh, there are on both sides. You know, there, there are a lot of dudes in blue that don't want to have nothing to do with the police. I was one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, don't want to have nothing to do with the dudes in green. You know what I'm saying? So what shifted for you? So, I mean, being open-minded and, and, and coming to realize that, that people are just human beings. But it's just about getting with them good people, you know, that that's like-minded. Don't mind being trailblazers, you know, and, and making a difference, you know, and, and setting setting themselves apart and standing out there being beacons of light like we are in this media center. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We shine a light for the rest to see every day. You know what absolutely, I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. To the point of, you know, whether or not 
all these officers are going to buy in or whether or not all these incarcerated people are going to buy in. I think Tim touched on something that's very important is that we have to be able to take those steps regardless of the people that don't want to buy in. You got good Mm -hmm. people, you got bad people. And I think it's important for both sides. One of the things Newsom touched on is this idea of how the system is toxic and it's hurting Mm -hmm. both sides. You know, you got officers that are suffering from post-traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they they fear coming into prisons and that's having an effect on them. And they've even had uh, a 10% of their officers either think about committing suicide or committing suicide. So this is deeper than playing pickleball. This mm-hmm. is about creating a, an environment and an atmosphere where people can feel safe and feel like they're all working toward a common goal. Absolutely. That's what this is all about. So it's not just about getting the ball over a net. It's about getting incarcerated people to the finish line of completing their rehabilitative goals and getting them back into the community with their families and friends in a more normalized setting as opposed to a prison. Because if you remember, like Ryan said, we come from level fours. We come from prison. And we mm-hmm. come from political structures where you probably going to be tying a Title 15 around your waist and going outside with a knife. Do you want to do that or do you want to go to a rehabilitation center and carry around a pickleball racket Mm -hmm. and a ball and get along with custody? I choose the second. You know, so that's what this is all about. And that's the interesting point that you bring up about you know, I understand. Definitely, definitely get get it from from our side, the incarcerated side. But I love the way you, you talked about the correction officer as well because they have a job to do. Like this is their eight hour shift, right? They come to work and they want to come here and perform their duties and make it back home to their family's safety, right? Nobody wants to come into a hostile environment, a negative environment where you're having to look over your shoulder every step you take, right? What I love about this model, what we do here at San Quentin is that everybody can be safe, right? We talk about public safety. This is what we all want. I want public safety. I want people to come inside of prison, rehabilitate themselves, get back out there into society and be positive, productive citizens. I got a family out there. I don't want them harmed. We all got families that we don't want harmed. And the correctional officers are the the same way, right? I feel that, you know, for a lot of us that came into the system when we were really young, um, we were, you know, everything that we learned was from the guys that were already here for many years and they told us what it is and this is how it's going to be. But I feel that now it's, it's, it's not that anymore, right? There's been this cultural shift on, you know, rehabilitation on, you know, providing uh, incarcerated guys more opportunities mm-hmm. where now you, you're giving guys hope, especially lifers, mm-hmm. right? You're giving these guys hope. And so we're putting in the work on earning to earning our freedom pretty much, right? And so with that incentive in place, I feel like it makes it easier for us to all want to change, right? Because Mm -hmm. we all want to go home, you know, and we all want to be productive members of society. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the incentive for custody? Like, Mm. how do we make, how do we incentivize them Mm. to, to want to treat us more humanely? That's a great question. Rather than just coming in here and doing their job and, and you know, really just going about their day, not really caring about us. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're going to get a paycheck either anyway. Either when you, you come to work and treat us like crap or treat us like a human being, you're still, still going to get a check. Yeah. So and, and how, do you, how do you incentivize it? So that's a great question. So I'm going to pose another question out there to you, to everybody. Tim, I'm going to start with you. 
so what would a what would a good interaction with a CO look like? Oh man, I um let me see. I, I had one today actually, you know, with Officer Warren. Uh, uh, he and I were having a, a really good conversation. You know, he was one of the ones that that us uh, that mentioned to me that he'll gather a few of his buddies and get to you know get to uh, get to play some flag football. You know, what I'm saying if, if 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 we can put put it together. You know, just being able to have just a regular decent conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What does that look like for you, Ryan? It's just a simple good morning or good night. You know, I, I the other night actually. Um, you know, a CO while he was locking the bar and, and you know, at nine o'clock they, they lock everyone mm -hmm. up and he was uh locking every single cell door and as he was doing that he was telling people good night. Yeah. And when he said good night, I said good night, and then when he went to the next cell and then the the, the following cell, you hear people saying good night. And yeah. just that simple act alone, you know, made me think like there are good people out there, you know. It, it like it, it made me feel I don't know what it is. It just made yeah. me feel like Same. like a exactly like a a, a human, not yeah. less than not not just an inmate, right? But just as a human being. I know for me personally, I spent a lot of time in my life being invisible and making myself invisible because I had people in my life that were that were put, constantly putting me down, constantly ridiculing me. And I went out there into a society that did the same thing. So, so I just had this theme of, of being invisible. And with that invisibility came a lot of low self-esteem, came a lot of resentment, came a lot of anger. And so coming into this place, I experienced a lot of that from custody as well. I had a, I had a lot of authority issues back then, back, in, back years ago. But when this officer says good night, he's actually making a point to say, hey, I see you guys. Not only do I, not only am I just saying good night to you, I'm calling you guys' name out. And when a person says your name, that means they they recognize you. You know, I I I have you have an identity to me. Yeah, it definitely makes you want to be respectful to custody. So since since this new since pickleball has hit the uh, hit the scene, Steve, what is like what's the vibe now since pickleball? Gavin Newsom making his announcement. What's the what's the vibe between incarcerated and correctional officers now? Well, just like Ryan said, you have those that are are cool with it. Yeah, let's make this transition who I've talked to. And then you have those who are like, I'm going to retire. I'm out of here. I'm not going for this. Um, but I do believe at the end of the day, you have more people that are with the rehabilitation concept and more uh, enthusiasm and excitement for this, this new San Quentin Rehabilitation Center. You know, the name is supposed to officially change next year, okay. but everybody's calling it that now. Like I see, I'm optimistic and and uh I want to yeah. see it continue. You know, we yeah. it's cliche that they say uh we all do in time, but it's it's definitely true. You know, uh a lot of officers come in here and do these double shifts and they probably see more incarcerated people throughout the week than they see their own families throughout the week. So so why not meet wherever whatever the meeting ground is, if it's pickleball, if it's a chess, if it's scrabble. 
<laughs> throwing, a, throwing away a piece of trash at the trash can at the same time. You know, let's let's all come together, man, and make this uh, a true possibility for everybody to be safe. And one of the things I'd like to 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 say about that particular point about playing pickleball, about shifting the culture, mm -hmm. that's the most important thing because the California model is really about a building, mm -hmm. this three hundred and eighty million dollar building that they plan on building. You know for some future idea. But that building is not gonna change the culture inside the prison. It's not gonna it's not gonna make uh the situation any better. The only thing that's gonna make the situation better is us being willing to engage people on the engage each other on the ground. The people living and working inside of the prisons. We are the only one that can really make this San Quentin Rehabilitation Center work, regardless of what building is here. And so the great idea is that is when that building finally gets here and we're all kind of cooperating in that way, then we can appreciate that building a little bit more. You brought up something earlier and it was about like doing time, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because custody do a lot of time with us, right? Yeah. I feel like we're, we're both sides are doing time, right? Except that they can go home, but ultimately... <laughs> Like they're doing time with us, right? That's a big and story. how do you want to do your time? Yeah. Do you want to do it in a messed up, you know, negative environment? Or would you like it to be productive and, and, and positive, right? To where both sides could feel good at the end of the day, right? Rather than just negative feeding off a of negative and, and just going down the same, you know, cycle of just us versus them. Yeah, I'm tired of the negativity, Tim. Man, I, I had enough. Yeah. I've had enough. I have 30 years of it. Yeah, those I'm are good with points. It. Good points right there, too. You know, and I like, like I, I was sitting here thinking, man, as as I was listening, we come from level four prisons. You know what I'm saying? Some of the worst places anybody could start off doing a time. You know, and I was just looking at us right now in this little small room around these microphones. And going, wow, we come a long way, man. Yeah. You know, it, it took some real discipline, some real accountability, you know, some real responsibility, you know, to yeah. arrive to where we at right now. Yeah. You know, and that's, and that's big. It's yeah. the beliefs. The belief systems have changed. Thinking of thinking has changed. And now look at us. Our behavior has changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're sitting around the round table. Right. You know, <laughs> looking for the next game of pickleball and yeah. basketball to go play with some COs. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, Steve, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of things today. Do you honestly think that it's going to, that pickleball can be the cure to all? Or do you, <laughs> or do you think there has to be some other changes that need to be made in order for this to move, truly move forward. Yeah, I don't think, uh, no, definitely pickleball is not the cure-all. Um, there's a lot of things about the system that have to change. Uh, it's not just about showing mutual respect for each other and having the common courtesy to say goodnight. Uh, we do have to deal with overcrowding. We do have to deal with some health and safety issues inside of the prison. We have to deal with uh, a number of things, you know, concerning uh, people's well-being inside of the prison and and 
pickleball is just one of those things, you know, that we can deal with. You know, from a personal perspective, I would like to be able to engage officers who are not dressed in military-style uniforms. I think that that can help reduce some of the past trauma that we've experienced with these officers. And I know that that's a hot-button issue, but, I mean, that's just a starting point, pickleball. That's not the end point. That's a great point, Steve, as well. Um, do you guys at least think that we're on the right track? Do you oh, think definitely. there has progress definitely. has been definitely. made? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You can't make progress without taking that step. And pickleball is that step. Pickleball was huge. It might have been one little small little plastic bouncing ball, but it just gave us a, a big topic to talk about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, any little move towards positivity, it, whether it be large or small, is a good is a good thing. You know, so we definitely moving in the right direction. Absolutely. I was saying when I'm somewhere with my grandkids, you know, way off into the future playing pickleball, I can explain how I came to love pickleball. You know, it all started at San Quentin Rehabilitation Center. See it all that? started with your wacky. Way back then. <laughs> <laughs> way back then. <laughs> oh, man, fellas, man. Pickleball, man. Pickleball. pickleball. Who would have ever thunk it? Pickles, pickleball, and Steve man. say the little piece, pickles and balls. Right. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, fellas, I truly enjoyed this, ep this episode, man. The first episode of season three. Thank you guys for joining the show. I appreciate you guys for being here, man. Ryan, I appreciate that hairstyle, bro. I'm oh, in, thank uh, you. Awesome. You know, Tim. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I appreciate the smile. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. the wisdom. Steve, I appreciate, you know, all the uh, all the knowledge that you brought to the table tonight. Man, well, you know, you guys make my job easy. You know, all I got to do is just pass the mic. I have no problem with that. <laughs> and on that note, this is Uncuffed, Greg Eskridge, Pickleball out. That's a wrap on the first episode of Uncuffed. I'm Ryan Pagan. Thanks for listening. You can find Uncuff on the radio at KALW 91.7 FM at weareuncuffed.org or subscribe to Uncuffed in any podcast player. The Uncuffed crew at San Quentin is Timothy Hicks, Anthony Carvalho, Steve Brooks, Juan Haynes, Brian Acey, Greg Eskridge, and me, Ryan Pagan. Thanks to the team at KALW Public Radio, Nena Gensler-Debs, Angela Johnston, Sonia Paul, Kathy Novak, Eli Wirtschafter, James Rollins, Ben Trefney, and our sound designer, Eric Maserati E. Abercrombie. Our theme music is by David Jassy. And thanks to the staff at San Quinn who make this possible, Skylar Brown and Lieutenant Barry who approved this episode. We fact-checked everything to the best of our ability. Uncuff gets support from the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.